Welcome to the Momming with Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hargrove. On this show, I help moms discover Jesus in their motherhood. I hope this show encourages you in your mom journey. Enjoy the message. All right, so today's title is titled, I Need Help. <laughs> so I know that's a, like, what's going on with that? You know, um, what kind of title is that? But we're going to just jump right into it. I need help. The topic of reaching out for help. And so have you personally, as a woman, as a mom, ever just been overwhelmed with a specific issue and just honestly needed a little help? You know, how many times in those times have you reached out for help? And how many times have you been almost too afraid to reach out for help, intimidated, nervous? You know, maybe for you, it's as simple as you had trouble breastfeeding. Like that is hard if you're attempting to and trying to, and maybe you had trouble with that. Or maybe for you, your marriage has been a little bit rocky. Maybe you're having a tough time dealing with some of your kids' challenging behaviors and you're just not sure how to navigate through it. Maybe you're dealing with postpartum, like that is a real thing. <laughs> And maybe you find yourself in this dark place out of nowhere. Maybe motherhood has just been a little extra lonely for you and you're in desperate need of friends and community. Maybe you're frustrated with your health and fitness goals and you just don't know what to do anymore. Maybe it's much deeper for you though. Maybe you're dealing with addiction and it's heavy. Maybe you're dealing with grief or trauma and other darker things that maybe no one even knows about. But I want to ask you again, have you dared to reach out for help or are you trying to just deal with it all alone? Are you stuck in your mind trying to figure out your own solutions? Are you paralyzed with fear about what others might think if you reach out? But what is stopping you from reaching out for help? And this message isn't this like crazy self-help message or, and I'm definitely not insinuating that any of us are in this like state of like, I need help. I'm, I can't do anything without you. This like, um, pitiful kind of idea. No, it could be as simple as needing help with the dishes to as big as those bigger issues of our life. But the help we need, all of us might look different for all of our different lives. It might look like you going into your room and crying out to God and asking him for his help to refresh you and help you. But help for you might look different too. It might look like talking to a counselor. Maybe it's having a hard but intentional conversation with your spouse. Maybe it's seeking godly advice. Maybe it's rehabilitation, whether it's for your physical needs or even substance abuse. Maybe it's medication that's helpful. Coaching, a long talk with a friend on the phone is sometimes the very help we need. But I felt it heavy on my heart this week to talk with us all about the importance of reaching out for help when we need it the most. I want to help you see that there is nothing to fear on the other end of asking for help. You are not broken. You're not messed up. You don't have to be perfect and have it all figured out. You are a normal human being who has many strengths. And yet sometimes in other areas, we're a little bit weak and vulnerable and we need help. Your victory is on the other side of reaching out. So don't keep yourself stuck because you're too afraid. It's not easy being transparent. I know like, ew, who wants to do that? 
It takes a great deal of humility, but humility is much needed. It's a character trait that we should all strive for, of course, and it might be the very thing we need to take on and receive the help that we need. It might be the very thing that's holding us back from receiving the help that we need. And I'm going to start our uh, message off with this verse in uh, Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. And it says this, it says that this high priest of ours, this is Jesus, understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings that we do. Did you know that? Yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we we will find grace to help us when we need it most. I mean, God is literally saying, come to me. I am gracious. I am merciful. And I know you need some help. And he says, there you will find it. Where are you going to find the help you need at his throne in his presence before him? And of course, we're going to go into the message and talk about how God will provide help in many different ways. We can't literally walk up to his throne right now, even though that would be amazing. Spiritually, we can seek him. Spiritually, we can come before his throne. Yes, but there are ways that he provides the very help that we need in these seasons of life. So today we're talking about the simple fact that sometimes we need help in the little things, but even the big things. And so the first point of our message is humility. We're going to just dive into humility. You know, if we're desiring to become a quote unquote better me, it requires humility, right? And I'm sure all of us could say, yeah, I'm humble. Well, yeah, same. But what does humility actually mean? I mean, if you look it up, there are there are um, simple definitions and there are ones that try to really dissect it. I feel like there's still like a piece of this humility that's not as easy to wrap our minds around. Does that make sense? But the main uh, definition is a modest or low view of one's own importance, humbleness. Okay, so it's it's knowing that you're not all that in a bag of chips. You don't have it all figured out. You're not as high up there as God. It's putting yourself, your pride aside for a greater purpose. The purpose of becoming a better version of yourself. The purpose of finding help in the areas that you're weak. The purpose of learning, growing, and finding victory. Humility is being willing to be transparent, vulnerable, and revealing not only our strengths, but our weaknesses. Ew, who wants to do that, right? But being willing to let others in that we trust, being open to God and letting him into the depths of our hearts, not just surface level, but letting God into the depths of our heart. It requires putting our pride aside. And the truth is that hurts. And I know none of us here are trying to be fake. None of us are fake. We're not intentionally trying to put on a show that we have it all together. Rather, it's more so it's just not easy to share the places we are weak and hurting and troubled. It's not like we're just going to display it for all to see and ask for help. It's way easier to show the highlight reels than the real life reels for obvious reasons. You know, at our church, we always say this and we say victory happens with transparency. And we don't even say it because it sounds pretty, but we believe it to our core, not only because it makes sense biblically, but because we've experienced it literally in our own life and countless lives that um, have been a part of our church. 
And it takes almost feeling a tad naked before others in God to truly find victory in the areas that we're struggling. But did you know that you have, you have strengths and abilities that actually help others? Did you know that? That we're talking about other people helping you, but did you know that you right now in this moment, no matter how strong or how weak you feel, you have abilities and strengths and giftings that are needed to help others. But did you realize that since you also have weaknesses, that there are people out there that are strong in those areas that can offer you life-changing help? It goes hand in hand. It is a cycle. It is a cycle of life. There are people in your circle right now in your influence or even at arm's length right now that can help your marriage, that could help your health, that could help heal your loneliness, lead you closer to Jesus, provide encouragement, mentor and coach you, listen to you and heck, maybe even babysit your kids, you know, and For me, you know, one thing recently that I'll be transparent about is I've been really frustrated with my personal fitness goals. Like if you know me, I work out, I like to, and I take that, that's important to me, like my health aspect of life, right? But at the same time, I'm not perfect at it. And when it comes to like my nutrition and stuff like that, I'll eat good and then I'll eat what I want. I eat good, even like I ain't, you know, trying to do anything crazy. But at the end of the day, I'm feeling super uncomfortable in my clothes and I cannot lose this last 10 pounds postpartum. And it's been two years since I've had my son. So I've tried, I've tried many things, but I just can't. And you might think that's not a big deal. Like, you know, 10 pounds, whatever. No, like for me, I just feel uncomfortable, right? You just, as a woman, you know, you just know when you feel uncomfortable, my clothes don't fit right. And I, I don't want to feel that way, but I just feel like I can't shake it myself. And so I've tried many things. And so I decided to reach out to a really good friend of mine who literally coaches for a living. This is what she does. She has two kids of her own and she has already taken the steps to get in literally the best shape of her life postpartum. And she helps so many other women do the same. And she's inspired. I see what she does. And I'm just like, girl, I need your help. (laughs) Okay. I need your help. Can I do it? Do I know that I how to eat better? Yep. Do I know how to do these things? But sometimes, even though we might know, we still need the extra help and motivation and accountability and community and friendship and the help of somebody else. And I realized it's okay to reach out to others that know what we need and can help us in that time of need. So I officially start coaching with her on the 11th. So just get ready because I'm going in. Um, And so I'm excited and relieved, but that's just a silly aspect of needing help. But there's so much more. When I was struggling with literally crippling anxiety postpartum, like I'm telling you, I lately have been looking at where I'm at right now. I still deal with anxiety here and there, I for sure. But it is nowhere near where it was two years ago. And even some of you on this group tonight were there when I was hit severely. Like it literally was six months postpartum and all of a sudden, it's like one day to the next, everything was different. And even... uh. Rose Amber, you shared some uh, quote today on your story. And I was like, yes, exactly. And it talks about like how our postpartum hormones literally take the biggest um, jump or fall fall after postpartum than we'll ever experience our whole, I guess, hormonal like life. And you will feel it. And when I read that, I was like, heck yeah, I felt it like no other. Not everyone feels that way. 
but I felt it. And it was so hard. I, I can't even begin to explain like how ugly it felt, but I began to reach out. I knew that I needed help. I needed encouragement. I needed prayer. I needed people around me because I felt like I was spiraling anxiety wise. I wrote, I reached out to a pastor's wife and we became great friends. She experienced the same thing. And she was there for me. I got a counselor. I started talking to them. It helped me through those six months that I really needed somebody to talk to. I have one, two, but for sure one close friend that has been there for me every step of the way. I have a lot of other great friends that have been there with me, but this close friend was there in the thick of it with me. And I have to say that those people helped me tremendously. And I'm so glad that I reached out for help besides God being so faithful. And he, he is the one who provided these friendships, these relationships and have brought me to where I'm at today. Again, I still struggle. Like, don't get me wrong. Ask Homer. There are days and he's probably the only one in my other close friend and God that knows, but it is nowhere where it used to be. And I literally just stop and thank God for how far he's brought me in that. And my point is, is that if you truly need help and desire victory in any certain area of your life, it begins with humility. It begins with being transparent, with reaching out to those that you can trust and especially to God. And in doing so, you will find victory. And so let's move on guys to our second point and that is strengths and weaknesses. Okay. So let's talk about these strengths and weaknesses. You know, the truth is, is some of you might be good at cooking but suck at laundry. Okay. That is me. I'm going to be the first to raise my hand. I hate it. I hate it. I suck. I literally folded the laundry the other day, all of it. So I felt super accomplished, but I looked at Homer in the face. I said, I am not folding these socks. I hate them. I despise them. I folded all the laundry and I put it up, but this whole bundle of socks, not doing it. And he was like, babe, are you serious? Like, yeah, I'm so serious. (laughs) Anyways. So I love cooking, but I don't like laundry. Some of you might be super good with math, but in school, like you're like, Hey, I ain't writing no essay. You may be really good at listening to people, being there for people, but maybe you're terrified of public speaking. You may love giving gifts to show your love, but maybe you're super awkward with physical affection, right? You may be good at a lot of things, but truthfully, some of us might suck at other things. But did you know that that's okay? That's exactly why we need each other. If we shift our mindset from, I can do all things and don't need anyone, then then. If I, if you shift your mindset from, I can do all things and don't need anyone to I'm great at some things and in other areas need strengths of others to succeed. The truth is, is we need others strengths to succeed. We don't have it all together. Then if we believe that and understood that we would all just flow so harmoniously together again, it requires humility, but due to fear and pride, we sometimes stay stuck and isolated when the freedom and health that we need is right in front of us. And so I'm going to read this verse. It's a short, uh, I'm sorry, this point will be short, but this verse is a little bit longer. And I wanted to share it because I feel like it just gives a complete essence of what we're talking about, how some of us have strengths, some have weaknesses. And instead of opposing it, of working together and understanding that we need to rely on one another. And this uh, scripture is in 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 31. Just bear with me, but this is like a interesting um, uh, way of sharing this idea about needing each other. So just listen in and it says this, yes, the body. So the human body has many different parts, not just one part. 
If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if an ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange would a body be if they only had one part? Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should be seen, that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other, care for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. First, our apostles, second, our prophets, third, our teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have gifts of healing, those who can help others. You hear that? Those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gifts of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret them? Of course not. So you should earnestly seek and desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you the way of life that is best of all. So that was a long several verses in second Corinthians, first Corinthians, sorry. But man, there is just so much there when we're talking about strengths and weaknesses, God is literally saying, and he's showing us in the same way our body was made perfectly with our hands and eyes to all function. My eyes help me see my ears help me hear. I need these different parts. I cannot do it without the other. And in the same way as a body of Christ, as believers, as individuals, as people, we need each other. We cannot do it without helping one another and being helped with one another. We cannot do it without leaning on the strengths that others have and giving the strengths that we have. Does that make sense? So in the times that you need help, you should not be afraid or intimidated or embarrassed because it is the will of God that we find help and are helped by those with strengths in those areas. And when others are weak around us and we have the ability and the giftings to help them, we should offer that help because that is God's will for us. I could go on and on about this concept in this point, honestly, but I hope that you get it because I don't want to um, continue to ramble, but I hope that you just hear the heart of God in this. So what is God saying? Simplified, he's saying we need each other. Think about it. Who around you needs you right now? And who do you need right now? And again, that verse was 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 31.
And so we are going to end on this last point, and that is called sanctification. So that sounds like a churchy word, maybe, but it's a real word that I think some of us may not even understand what it means, or some of us might be confused of what it means. And I'm going to share that with you today. And so sanctification, let me first share this verse in Philippians 2, 13. And it says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is working, which means it is actively going on. It is a process. You will not have it all figured out overnight. You won't be perfect by tomorrow morning. You won't be the perfect Christian, wife, mother, or any and every other hat that you wear. It is an ongoing process that you're on. And in your spiritual life, the Holy Spirit is constantly working in you as you allow him to do so. He's constantly healing and restoring and pruning and changing, molding and shaping you into the woman he has called you to be in order to bring his name glory. In motherhood, you are constantly learning adjusting, shifting, changing, becoming, trying to be the best that you can. And marriage, you are constantly just trying to figure it out, praying, making an effort, apologizing, finding, hoping, loving to a better and stronger marriage. My point is in all of this is acknowledge that you're in a process. Acknowledge that you're not meant to be perfect right now or have that expectation for yourself, but acknowledge you're in a process. You haven't reached it and nor should you or anyone else expect you to have. Jesus actually doesn't expect you to be perfect. That is exactly why he died on this cross for your sins, knowing your imperfections. And he says on the day that you see him face to face, you would be made whole and perfect. Until then, we're trying our best. Stop expecting yourself to be this perfect human being who never gets needs help. Instead, acknowledge that you don't know it all and you're still figuring things out and you're constantly growing into the woman you're called to be. When you acknowledge this and embrace it, the more you will appreciate and love yourself back. I mean, think about it. How many times do you just feel frustrated within with yourself because you feel like you shoulda, coulda, woulda. You should be this, you should do this, you should be this, you should be this. You should have done this better. You're constantly frustrated from within because you resent yourself. You beat yourself up. You disappoint yourself and you're frustrated. But when you acknowledge that you're in a process of being made holy, of being made better, of changing and growing, and it is a constant cycle, it's a constant process. You will say, okay, I can love myself right where I'm at and acknowledge I'm still growing. You know, who told you that you needed to have it all figured out? Like I said, not God, but what is sanctification? Just like we said, what is that exactly? Here it is. The action or process of being better. I'm sorry, being freed from sin or purified. Do you see how that is a action sentence? It is the action or process of being freed from sin or purified. It is an ongoing process. Sanctification is always happening. The Holy Spirit within you is making you more and more like Jesus. And it's a process of becoming purified, 
sin-free, better, smarter, wiser, more unbreakable than before. You are in this season becoming. You are becoming. And with a little help from God and those around you, you will become all that God has called you to be. And I'm going to end on these two verses. Philippians 1, 6, it says, and I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. It is him who started the good work. It is him who will finish it. And in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, it says, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is a spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Do you catch that? That our eyes have been opened. That's what it means. When the veil is removed, we can see that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. It has been revealed to us that God is real, that Jesus died on the cross and that he's been raised from the dead and we believe it. And when you believe it, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us and begins to change us into his glorious image. And it is a process. And so today, guys, we talked about how sometimes we need a little help in the little things and the big things of life. We talked about how that requires humility and that's not easy, but when we are transparent with those we trust and with God, there is victory. We talked about strengths and weaknesses, how at the end of the day, we are strong in some areas. And when others are strong in the places we're weak, we should lean on them. And lastly, sanctification. It is a process to become more and more like Jesus. And so with all that being said, I pray that today's message spoke to your heart exactly where you I hope you found encouragement today. I'd love to connect with you. You can find me by following Lauren A. Hargrove on Instagram or Facebook. And before you go, can you do me a favor and leave a rating and review for this show? I would greatly appreciate it. And it would help other moms better find the show too. With that, thank you for being a part of our community today. And until next time.